Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Monsters of Socks podcast. We've been away for three weeks because we have children that are the age that require just so much logistics around this time of year. But Dan, they'll get older and then they can take care of themselves. <laughs> I've, I've I've been banking on that for a while. Um, but like I feel like that the fact that the kids are getting older is running current to the very long lasting cultural trend of delayed adolescence where, you know, human beings aren't capable of taking care of themselves until they're like 47 years old. So I don't know if them getting older is going to help me at all. The good news is Dan, I only got a year and a half left and then I will be taking care of myself. Um, Yeah. We missed a lot of baseball. I wouldn't say we were missing a lot of it, but a lot has happened, and uh, well, what do you, we care I, about? What do we care well, about? So you, had, so a couple of things. One, you just broke out for the last. Uh, I just lost you for the last forty-five seconds. So that's my, my internet just dropped. So I don't really know what you said. Uh, I, 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 did you just go through everything that happened over the last three weeks in forty-five seconds? Is that what I mean? Yeah, it was like we didn't start the fire, but like sped <laughs> up. Um, you're in uniform today, by the way. Yeah, I found a, an old Red Sox jersey that who who uh, who is uh, it? It's, it's just nothing. It's just uh oh, nameless. That's lame. Well, it isn't. It isn't. 
that's like the old, that's like the thing you know your mom takes a trip to bj's and she comes back and she like sees like a red Sox shirt on sale for you and brings it back and it's like oh it's a lame nameless knockoff jersey first of all i would never, never complain second of all <laughs> you can't just go to bj's when you live on martha's and you're just a that's true whole productions so we yeah, would right. always go is there a BJ's so, ferry that so, comes like once a month? To uh, but the this is real. <laughs> well, I mean, as a sil- former Silver City Galleria employee, you uh, <laughs> will appreciate that our trips went. It was always BJ's, then Silver City, or the other way around because BJ's had perishables. So, right. and then yeah, we go back. Go to, yeah, you go to the mall first. That makes sense. But this is but this is made to be worn when it's very hot out, and I also thought that the numbers on the back do make it warmer. So this is not so bad. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You're you're not wrong about that. Baseball jerseys in general are not the most comfortable shirt to wear. I I would like no. I would like to see the the not necessarily the the look itself but like the 70s style pullover jersey if that came back today i think that would actually be a real merchandise boon for major league baseball cuz it's just like pullovers are so much more comfortable to wear than button downs well and the i think part of the reason they moved away from them is that they hadn't yet invented like under armor type fabric Right. So the those things were, stuff, the, the temperature were not control. nice to wear, but now you yeah. could make it like I, the funny thing you said about baseball uniforms not being comfortable is like that is all they are designed to be. Yeah. yeah they're not, they're, there's no functional they're component pajamas. to baseball uniforms. That's true. That's a good point. It's not so much that they're not comfortable. Well, they're just, they're a little too heavy. They're a little too big to be a regular shirt. You can't you can't just throw on a baseball jersey and just go about town without people looking at you and being like that guy's in a baseball jersey. Yeah, uh, that's the, what needs to be fixed. You know what it really is for the players? It's the pants. If the pants are tight, they're playing, man. They're in, they're running, they're yeah. into it. If yeah. they're loose, nah, man. They're there to hit well, or throw the ball. Or I, I don't know. I associate loose pants with sliding for some reason. <laughs> I don't have a good reason for that other than other than I associate loose pants with like the 1940s and you know of of the five videos from the 1940s that get recycled over and over again like two of them are Jackie Robinson sliding into home so maybe that's why I thought and he, maybe, and he of course had those baggy pants I thought it was maybe because Manny would slide at times where there was just no point yeah Oh, I miss Manny. But anyway, that's the past. We should get back to the 2023 Boston Red Sox. Do you know how, Brian, do you know how long it's been since we've talked? Three weeks. I mean, well, yes, I know. But do you But do you want an indication of how long it's been? Ready oh. for this? This is, this is going to blow your mind. The last time we potted, the Boston Red Sox were a 500 team. Can you believe that? Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How time flies. How time flies. How the world turns and changes and evolves in front of our very eyes. And they have had streaks in there too. They just can't quit it. 
they're they're getting a little bit loosey goosey with the with the ups and downs, but yeah. they always come back. They're always coming back. What Coming do you back, think? Lemon. Is there something to this streakiness or is it just random? I saw some people online try to argue that they're a young team and this is what young players do. Uh, first of all, they're not remotely young at all. <laughs> they're one of the oldest teams in all of Major League Baseball um, by the pure numbers. And then I also just don't know if I buy that like younger players are more inconsistent or whatever in general. So I'm going with this is... Like, I don't think there's anything to the streakiness. I think it's kind of, they're a 500 team. And because of random distribution, the wins and losses are, are being chunked together. But I don't think there's anything really behind the streakiness. But maybe that's a boring answer. No, it's correct and it's boring. But it's better to just say the right thing if it's boring than make shit up like half of, more than half of people on the internet like to do. Myself yeah. included. Don't get me wrong. I'm part of that. Yeah, make, yeah, making stuff up on the internet's great. Yes, just not it's, in this it's case. It's impossible to resist. In this case, we said before the season, we said at the quarter season, we said at the half season, it's just a 500 team, and that's what they are. That's what they are. And they've had – it's really wild how – chaotic it's like chaotic neutral it's like it's exactly what it is um somebody's up and somebody's down and then somebody over there is up and then somebody over there is down and then that guy's hurt and then that guy's you know it's just yeah did you just lose me again no i'm here i'm here sorry i was just i just i i didn't lose you i just stopped paying attention in order to so I did. Kind Dan of did a human freeze. I, did. I don't know. I mean, I'm just like, what? What is my big takeaway from this season? It's that uh, Jaron Duran might be fine, and like that's that's it. <laughs> Jaron Duran certainly might be fine. There is no question about that. Um, you know, it's interesting. So it's All Star rosters announced. Uh, the Red Sox, of course, with just one. One representative, Kenley Jansen, uh, who I think you can pretty easily argue if you want is only the eighth or ninth most deserving player in the Red Sox. Um, not that anyone is particularly deserving. But speaking of Duran, I do think it is interesting. You know, uh, Verdugo got off to such a, an outstanding start. And people are talking about him as an MVP candidate and a guy who's starting the All-Star game. Now, three months into the season, you can make a very strong case that Jaron Duran has outplayed Alex Verdugo this year. He's, I mean, it's, I think the, the case against it would be the playing time, which I do think matters. Uh, it, 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 I know, you know, war, the, the war stats technically do obviously inherently try to take playing time into account, but sometimes I still think they even kind of discount just the positive effect of, of playing innings. And obviously Jaron Duran was in Worcester for the first three weeks of the season, but then more importantly, maybe to the, to the all-star argument is they're still not letting Duran hit against lefties at all. Um, so, you know, Duran still like, having Duran on the roster still requires Rob Snyder on the roster. Um, Alex Verdugo doesn't give you that 
that problem. But if you are just looking at the stats, you could make an argument that Jaron Duran has actually been the best outfielder in the Red Sox, not Verdugo. I mean, he's going to finish with more doubles than Verdugo. <laughs> That's because it's, it's so, what, what I realized is it's very hard for Jaron Duran to hit a single. It is. It is. And it, but we, the weird thing about that, too, is it's also been hard for him to hit a triple. He only hit his first triple of the season a couple of days ago, which doesn't make any sense how this guy who is displaying nothing but gap power and who is one of the fastest guys in the league only had his first triple. I mean, maybe that's the problem. Maybe the problem is that he's too gappy and he's not getting the ball down the right field line and, and having it rattle around the pesky pole enough. Maybe that is the issue. I do have to say that having spoken at length, of course, about how the Red Sox are imitating the Rays in whatever way, the Ref Snyder Duran platoon composite player is oh my god fantastic it really it really really is i whenever people talk about platoon composite players i always push back a little bit because they'll just say you're like sure if if you add up jaron duran and rob ref snyder's stats you you get one of the best players in the league for sure but the whole thing is it's two guys and people forget about that. It's like, yeah, okay, you, you you have one of the best players in the league, but you only have a 26-man roster. And so if it takes two guys to get you that, like it's not necessarily a clear-cut good thing. But having said that, I mean, yeah, Rob Ref Snyder against lefties is an all-star caliber hitter, and Jaron Duran against righties has been an all-star caliber hitter. Um, yeah, I mean, it's sort of had they have to be this good for it to work. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess I mean amongst the, the amongst the things it means, uh, you got to say Adam Duvall is not going to be on the Boston Red Sox a month from now, right? He has to be traded, even yeah, if they I can't mean, get anything back for him. There's just nothing for him to do on this team right now at all. Yeah, I mean it's the di- obviously we're going to talk trade stuff. We might as well do it now. And you know Paxton is seems like an obvious choice. But they do need people to start games. I think that, uh, I mean, obviously, Paxton, this would be the sell high move of selling high. But Duvall seems certain because. And I don't think they're going to get anything of value for Adam Duvall. I, I really don't. don't. You know, any team could have had him in the offseason. Um, but just when you have a guy, when you have a, a guy who's a, you know, a, 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 someone who contributes at the major league level and has literally no role on your team. I mean, he's probably, he's, he's, he's the fifth best outfielder on the team right now. Remember really? when the Red Sox didn't have enough outfielders in, <laughs> in April? That was yeah. funny. Well, uh, I do. You... Oh, go ahead. No, I mean, it... what, what, what Hyam Bloom has shown he will do is I don't know what he'll do with Duval. I assume he'll trade him, but in terms of acquiring players, he'll do like the, the thing they did very most notably with Kyle Schwarber is that they'll replace Duval basically by getting him back, but as a different person mm. uh, by somebody who's, at the very last second needs wants to offload a guy. Yeah. Well, I guess that is the question about Bloom in general and with Duval being a sort of good microcosm test case for it. You know, we we've we have talked at length 
about High and Bloom will make just about any move if he sees it as giving the Red Sox surplus value. And that's, you know, the Kyle Schwarber deal was a prime example of that. They got Kyle Schwarber incredibly cheaply. Pretty much every he was injured. Con- pretty much every pitcher contract they've done is like that. Every yeah. pretty much every single one. And you go back to last year's confusing trade deadline. Um, you know, they, they the reports are they're not even reports. I think Bloom has, has discussed this. They did put JD Martinez on the block. JD Martinez was a pending free agent. They had no interest in re-signing JD Martinez in the offseason. And JD Martinez wasn't even really doing all that much for the 2022 Red Sox. So to the extent that they were still trying to stay in it, J.D. Martinez wasn't a big component there. How's but, he doing now, Dan? He, well, he's now? doing – Yeah, I didn't mean to bring it up in that context. I'm fine with Justin Turner. <laughs> like, we don't – I don't think we need to revisit this. I don't think anyone wanted J.D. Martinez back. I'm still fine with what they did there. Oh, yeah, but, no, I'm fine with what they did there. But, I mean, we But with the trade deadline – yeah, go like ahead. they like he like the reports were at least the Mets made some offers and Bloom just decided he wasn't getting enough for JD. So he didn't pull the trigger. And you know, he ends up walking the offseason and we lose him for nothing. And so with Duval, again, like Duval doesn't have a place on this team, but we're not gonna get anything for Adam Duval. So that's the question. Like, is Bloom going to make a move that doesn't necessarily result in surplus value? Because we saw he didn't do that at last year's trading deadline, and we ended up losing JD for nothing. That's fair. I mean, I I I, I push back a little bit about losing him for nothing. I mean, he did play the games, but he did play the know. games. Sure, fair enough. He played a but, but they were so bad last July that it was it should have been apparent at by the trading deadline last year that the remaining 60 games were going to be, you know, garbage. It's, I mean, it's times like this, that it's hard to parse what's real and what's not, because I I agree with you. I mean, I'm almost more convinced that they would acquire another guy just like Duvall because he was cheap. I think that's just as likely as them actually trading Duvall sort of, for the reason of just getting him off the books. I think they'd rather just have, because look, here's, here's the flip side of it. Duvall can up his trade value by hitting home runs, but the Red Sox minus the fact that, okay, Dan, I'm very quick. I have to just say this because it has to do with Zelda something called a stabilizer. <laughs> you put it on the things you're building and it stabilizes the thing. You turn it on, stabilize it. Okay. Very simple concept. Um, it's. I totally forgot what I was going to say. So for, fuck that. Um, yeah. I don't know what you're saying either. Yeah. But like, I'll think but of to, it your point, to your point about him building his value with home runs. When's he going to play? Oh, When's he going to play for the Red Sox? I remember now. We have a stabilizer no... <laughs> on the season so that it stays at 500. Now, if we didn't have that, and Adam Duvall hit home runs, they might start winning. And then... And things would get destabilized? Well, that's the thing. Is the stabilizer real? And that sort of gets back to what we were talking about at the beginning. 
Yeah. Are they just <laughs> destined? It's not destined because that's not real, but like they seem to be a they seem to be the exact team we thought they would be. And the fun part, insofar as it's fun at all, is sort of figuring out what crazy avenue they're gonna go on next to stay at this level. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, he might not play. He might, but then again, people could get who who knows, Dan. People will get hurt. Yeah, of course. I don't know. (laughs) You seem despondent about not knowing. Well, no, but I was just thinking because the JD thing brought this up, and I was gonna bring it up on the pod anyway. And it was uh it's like Mookie's birthday or something, and they did his status through age whatever of like wrc plus uh he's second all time so i mean is that i don't know if that's good but it seems that's pretty good that's pretty good all right i'm done with that mookie Mookie, uh is did you hear he's he's gonna participate in home run derby i'm glad (laughs) there are more there are more uh 2018 Red Sox in the All Star Game, and there are 2023 Red Sox in the All Star Game. Well, and there I mean, actually there are there arguably should be four because Eduardo Rodriguez got really screwed, mostly just based on timing, um, because he, he he after putting up one of the best first six weeks of the season has been hurt, but he is he's healthy now, and the Tigers' lone representative, I don't Major League Baseball really screwed this up in my opinion, is Michael Lorenzen. It's the <laughs> rid of the stupid requirement, man. No, 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 no. I strongly disagree with that. As someone... Okay, okay. Let me let me push back. Add an event to the home run derby day where you can incorporate somebody from every team and do it that way. No, no. Strong disagree. Strong disagree. As someone who is like eight years old and who got so excited when Scott Cooper was introduced right, as the lone Red Sox representative. Fine. That's important. That needs to be there. I don't think that's We don't deserve to have a player. Kenley Jansen should not be on the team. Kenley Jansen should not be on the team. No, he should not. Um, but, you know, you can make cases for a lot of other guys. There are There's no one who's a slam I hate dunk. Make, but... I hate making cases. The two examples that drive me up a fucking wall were Daniel Nava and Brock Holt. And it was just because, like, they were just on the borderline. So it was, became a talking point for, like, a month. And uh, just, like, they made Jim Leland talk about Daniel Nava. On what planet? Why are we doing this? (laughs) Well, the Brockhold thing, the Brockhold thing, I think, was a little bit different. Because, and I don't remember And he did make it. He did make it. I don't remember who made that pick, whether it was Major League baseball or whether it was the manager because they've changed they, they've changed the way they they pick reserves so many times now but i think like when brock holt made it i feel like th- whoever made that pick was trying to make a statement about players like him and about utility guys and that they have a role and they have value in major league baseball and should be recognized as such well i also think that because that still determined home field i think right so uh, maybe those games you would, you would run through players because you're trying to get everyone in. I yeah. feel like on a purely logistical level for the all-star game, 
having one utility guy must be extremely helpful for the manager. <laughs> but guy, you're trying to work in guys at different positions. You just move him anywhere you want. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, can I just, yeah, I'm just going to offer an unpopular opinion right now. I had no problem with the all-star game determining home field advantage. I thought it was kind of cool and I'd be happy to go back with it. I don't, I don't, I don't like, I'm not begging for it to return, but you know, I, I think the best thing to do is to give it to the team with the best record. And, and you know, that's just how they should have done it from the start. But to the extent that they were, I mean, for a hundred years, they just alternated between American and national league. And there was, there was, uh, there was a lot of rationality to that because the teams didn't play each other. So, you you know, just saying that the team with the best record in the American league obviously deserves it over the, because they had the best record overall didn't make any sense because they were playing completely different schedules, but alternating is completely random. So, so I had no problem at all when people were like, Oh, how can you determine home field advantage based on something? It's an exhibition while you were determining it based on something random before. So I kind of liked it. Wouldn't, wouldn't hate if they went back. I mean, I wouldn't hate it if they went back to no interleague play, but that that's not going to happen. But I would I, hate that. I, I just have to say that the, I agree. I wouldn't like it, except for it made the World Series so mind-blowing. Yes, that is true. Because you're like, these two things don't belong in the same place. And yeah. it was... Uh, you, and you had no idea what to expect. So it was really yes. cool in that way. But it's obviously it's an anachronism. Yeah. And there, and there, think is, about how long it took to unify the DH rules after that. Speaking of anachronisms. Well, that's something I did enjoy. I enjoyed having the leagues play with two different rules. I had no problem with that. I liked, I liked that National League games had a different rhythm. This, for me, this wasn't about, this wasn't about bunts you know, or double switches or anything like that. I simply liked that when you watched a National League game, you had to sort of pay more attention to the lineup and and sort of this, you know, where where the, the state of the game was and what inning it was. And, you know, if, if, uh, if you're watching a team and you're watching the Cardinals and they put two guys on base with two outs in the fifth inning and like the seven hitter is up, like that guy needs to bring those guys home because you know they're screwed. The next inning, they either have their pitcher coming up, or they're in a position where they have to take out their starter and weaken their team in that respect. In the American League, it's like whatever. In the American League, you could you know a team could score six runs in any inning at any time. Whereas the National League, like it was more of an up and down flow to it, and there were more there were more tense moments sprinkled throughout the game in the national league because of that i think because you knew the pitcher was always there and you weren't always going to be able to score now, having said that like i liked having the dh too so i really i i thought it was i was perfectly okay with one league doing it one way one league doing it the other way as a fan i liked being able to see both styles and i'm kind of sad that that's going too this that's is some fine. real old man ranting at cloud hour that's <laughs> fine go back to russia I do think that they've sort of married the two with the pitch clock and the universal DH. I feel like because you say about the pace and the flow, the games are starting to get that, you know, and that's not the same way, but noticeably so. And it's, uh, look, man, Rob Manfred is not a charmer, but 
that this has worked. That is the most understated thing you have ever said in your life. Rob Manfred is not a charmer. God, there's more of that when this, there's more from where that came from after this break that we were supposed Ooh, to do. Is that a tease? Ago. Is that a tease? It's a tease. It's 15 minutes late, but it's a tease. All right. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. We're ready for our next segment. We don't know what it is. But we're just I have a, I have a couple of new... I have, I have a new segment if you want me to just throw you on the spot here. Yeah, I have or a new you, segment, but it's for the end because it's not... It doesn't have to do with baseball. But Okay. 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 Do you wait? Do you have Manfred talk? You want to get some? No, forget about that. Let's put Manfred aside. I'm it is true that Manfred, Manfred talk would probably not be about baseball. Would be about <laughs> yeah revenue. We don't share. want that. Yeah. No, I I have a new segment. I'm going to debut here. It's called what? It's called which is cooler? And I'll tell you what's not cool. The name of that segment. So we need to work on coming up with a cooler name for that segment. Um, but here you go. I'm going to ask you. I'm gonna I'm gonna pair a couple of things together, and you're going to tell me what's cooler. Okay, and I understand the assignment. I feel like I feel like this is kind of the opposite of the anger scale because you get to express joy. And it, yeah, it's the summer. Let's let's yeah. try to 
Although respect. I do still have some things to get angry about. I, but I'm <laughs> so, still me. So, so yeah, let's let's yeah. explore both sides. All right, Brian Joyner, tell me, what is cooler? The fact that Alex Verdugo against the Toronto Blue Jays in back-to-back games ended one game by throwing out a base runner at home or that he ended the next game, well, not technically ended it, but close, by hitting a home run in the ninth inning. Oh, throwing the guy out at home. Throwing the guy out at home is cool. Easily. I I generally agree with that statement because throwing a guy out at home is one of the coolest things you can do on a baseball field. In this case, though, Bichette was out by so much. It was kind of a weird, uncool okay. play at the plate. Fair, fair. So, okay, so in this case, I'll give it to you. But in general, throwing a guy out to win a game is much better. Yeah, I think I agree with that. That's, that's like the so. coolest thing. That's that's a great question. Like, what is the coolest non-home run or, like, strikeout way to win a game? One one I always remember, uh, it was a sweep World Series, 2005 White Sox Astros. Which was a good World Series for a right. sweep. And so the last like, game, yeah. the Astros had the tying run on third. And they hit this chopper to one Uribe, who was like, either you're going to win the World Series or it's tied. And look, this is a year after the Red Sox came back on the Yankees 3-0. So, like, mm-hmm. it's alive. It's right there. And it was such a bang-bang play. And they got him. And it was just – the. A, when you do a fielding play, especially th- like if each each row throw or Vlad Junior throw, or I'm sorry, Vlad Senior throw, those are the best things. Yeah, I will never, ever, ever forgive the Kansas City Royals for not sending Alex Gordon in that Game Seven against the Giants. Just be, they they deprived us of either way, whether he was thrown out or whether he make snuck them in there. make a play. And, well, forget about that. They deprived us of what would have been one of the 10 greatest moments in baseball history. And I'm just so pissed off as a fan that that was stolen from us. It's it's so weird to remember the Royals went to the world series back to back twice. And and the Rangers, like they, they're very similar stories where they put together this teams that were just like straight up to the top. Actually, the Rangers were not so much straight up, but they were, they built a little bit. Yeah. the, the, The Rangers team, that Rangers team was loaded. I mean the the Royals team they look are at it it's still maybe kind of confusing. like they of all the teams not to win the World Series I know that the 86 Red Sox are probably the closest still yeah. but that like all Nelson Cruz has to do is catch the ball and catch that's the it ball. Josh Hamilton man he was so good for a long time I and I still kind of believe I wonder Josh Hamilton's career obviously is what it is but I I think it's possible that Josh Hamilton is one of like the 10 most talented baseball players of all time. Just when you consider the fact that he he did what he did without having played in the minors at all and having completely just like wrecked his body for seven years before he did that. I was thinking that because he, he, yeah, he like is the actual the natural. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And I do wonder, I think. Like his career is one of the biggest what ifs in baseball history. You have a guy who comes up as the number one pick overall and then just completely falls into crack for the next five or six years or whatever it is, doesn't get any developmental time in the minors at all. And it didn't matter. He came up with the Reds and was just great from day one and then 
took it to a, a, another level with the Rangers. Like, how good would he have been had he never touched crack? At his at his best, he if you judge all the players at their best hitting, he's one of the ten best I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, he's, his swing was just so goddamn beautiful. Yeah, I, he reminds me so much of Josh Gordon, the receiver who had one full season in the NFL, basically, where he played 14 games and led the league in receiving for the Cleveland fucking Browns when they were terrible and then just couldn't keep it together. But anyhow. I don't know how we got there, but there you go. Okay. Throwing the out cool, a runner the cool seasons were cooler than the bad seasons for both those guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. What is cooler? Jaron Duran tying the club record for doubles in one game with four, which by the way, it's not that not only is that the Red Sox club record, it's, it's, it's the record for most teams. It's only happened 17 times this century, which really shocked me. So most seasons or not most seasons, but we do not have a player hit four doubles in one game every year. So what's cooler, the fact that he hit four doubles in one game or the fact that he could have, Hit three doubles, one single, and one home run because that fourth double bounced off the very top of the wall. What would have been cooler? Four doubles for a club record and something that's happened 17 times since 2000 or three doubles, a home run, and a single? The four doubles. Because he had a chance at a fifth and he got a single, but, you know. Yeah. I I mean, look. (laughs) Three doubles and a home run and a single. I understand it's better, but it's cooler we wouldn't be talking. We wouldn't be saying. We would be like, "Oh, remember that great game for, for Jared Duran?" We're like, "Ooh, it's the four doubles game." But the, I mean, I can see it because doubles have been so tied to home runs, and as we discussed, unless he hits a, a Jared Duran's natural hit is a double. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard for him to hit one bad enough. Out, out of the infield. Yeah, I mean the first the first one he hit the first one he hit that game was a little loop off the end of the bat. Like it wasn't it wasn't hit hard at all, and he just just stretched it. I I think that he's answered some questions. Uh, I think that because he fell back into a funk and now he's climbed back out of it. He really and has. It's and it's, I I can't believe, frankly. Given, given how last year went, and not just how poor he was in the field, but how poor mentally he was, jawing with the fans in Kansas City, and then you know he had some bad post game comments, complaining about fans at home. Like I'm shocked at his mental abilities to keep coming back like this. I'm I don't so- know if he's in therapy or what, but yeah, I don't know. I, I do know that, look, we know athletes heal faster than normal people. I don't know how that applies to mental issues, but I will say that I am astonished that the day people are listening to this, Alec Manoa is going to be starting in the majors again. Wait, because he, I didn't even hear that. Yes, yes. Only, he had like well, his all first on, good hold start. Hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, time out, time out. He's facing the Tigers, so... <clears throat> You decide whether that's the majors. Right. But it is shocking to send somebody to your uh, complex to work on their mechanics, which, okay, we understood that. 
get shellacked in a game down there where obviously they didn't care about it and have a good showing in double A, and that was it. Yeah. Like, you're back. Did I, you see? I, I don't know who gave the quote. I think it must have been somebody in the Blue Jays front office after he got shellacked in the complex league, which, as you said, like, they should have come out and just been like, whatever, it's fine. Like he was just trying to do one thing. We don't care about results. Instead, somebody came out and talked about, oh, actually it's really hard to pitch in the complex league because you don't have scouting reports against these 18 year old high schoolers. And because they're so excited to face a major leaguer. And actually it's really hard for Alec Manoa to go down there and pitch. Well, that was pretty, I mean, come on. That was don't take an L on Alec Manoa's behalf. He's got plenty yeah. of his yeah. own. Yeah. But I'm, like I'm said, shocked yeah. and it, it it just we'll see how he does. But Duran, you know, the, when you said is he in therapy, here's the thing. If he started it last year, it would have made a meaningful difference by now. And so, like, that's a yeah. possibility. It's with Manoa. I'm like, that's not. I mean, yeah, he could have done it, but that's like a month. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Maybe so, he read a couple. Maybe he read The Alchemist. People seem to really say that book changes their worldview. I have not read it, and I've heard it's garbage. But you never know. Yeah, people say that about The Secret too. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go. Wait, I got hold on, hold on. I got, okay, okay. Yeah, I thought you were moving on. All right, this no, is no, the last no, one. No, I like this. Right. This is the last one. So far, I'm in agreement with you. I think if, I, we may disagree on this one. What is cooler? David Hamilton's mustache or Justin Garza's mustache? I'm going to refresh myself here. David Hamilton's is a little bit of a, it's a little porny, I would say. I would call that a little bit of a porny stash. It's also a little Mookie Betts-like. Whereas Justin Garza to me, kind of looks like an early 20th century surrealist painter. Yeah, I like Garza's. Hamilton's is like... I mean, I appreciate Scuzz. I'm not calling him Scuzz. I'm saying if you have a mustache... First of all, if you have a mustache, period, you know what you're doing, okay? (laughs) I'm not being like, oh, no, it's just like... Beard is different because, like, yeah, the beard. I, I'm saying that self-serving. I don't know. Fa- facial hair for athletes is different. They're they're allowed. Society allows them to do things with their faces that it does not allow us to do. Anyone who has a mustache in it, inside or outside of a baseball stadium, is making a statement with the mustache. They know it. Yeah, that's true. Certainly out of a baseball stadium, whereas a beard I, can be attributed to just general laziness. Yeah. So I think we're three for three in agreement here. I think Justin Garza's mustache is wonderful. I did. Uh, I put that up as a poll on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and this has never happened before. It was exactly evenly split on people liking and disliking Justin Garza's mustache. Wow. 50% got that stabilizer on, baby. Yeah, yeah there you go. 500. The Red Sox are 500 team, no matter how you look at it. Can't win. Right. Can't lose. You want to talk about anything else before we find out what you are angry about this week? This month, really. The last three weeks. Yeah. Any more trade deadline talk? I, I know uh, I know you've been well, I I know mean, you've been uh, you th- working on a 
on a on a James Paxton piece. I was for working on a weeks. lot of stuff. I yeah, I was working on a lot of stuff that I stopped for. Let me just I tell you, it's if you see it now. in the CMS and it is not done within an hour of me starting it, it's, it's not, not happening. I do think I, you should finish the the Paxton piece. No, a, I, I a, will. Uh, it it just seemed extremely not even novel by the time I. I'll think of something. Anyhow, yeah. No, not really. All right. All right. Let's go. All right. Let's go. I got some good ones for you. Let's find out what you are angry about this week. I'm being interrogated. Okay. How angry are you about the fact that in the 17 games since Justin Turner's wife posted a picture of him floating on an inner tube with a tiny little dog on his lap down the Saco River in New Hampshire, JT has hit 319, 360, 609 with five home runs. I think I got to ask you, how angry are you about it, Dan? I am th- I, I'm overjoyed about this. We have talked, you know, we, we, we did a lot of goofy drafts in the offseason. And uh, a couple of, I think we, you know, we drafted our, our, you know, ideal hangs with players and a lot of my ideal hang scenarios involved taking Red Sox players around New England and showing them and, and reveling in the glory of New England. Yeah. This is pretty much right on the bullseye. (laughs) The fact that Justin Turner is, is going up to New Hampshire and going river rafting on an off day. And then, and then he hit two home runs the next day. I mean, God, I love that. Well, and, and as you know, second half, that might be that he might be might be heating up, baby. He, he did it last be. year. So I don't know if you've stumbled across Justin Turner's wife's social media presence yet. No, um, what's her name? Yeah, her name is Courtney Turner, and it's Courtney with a K. And I believe that I believe her handle is Courtney with a K or whole or whatever. But she's a podcaster. Um and so she's very active on social media. She's posted pictures of them on the tee. She's posted pictures of the two of them on the harbor. And like I said, in New Hampshire, they apparently they seem to be going up to New Hampshire a lot. But um, let me read you the description of her latest podcast episode, because I think, look, we are the number one baseball podcast in the Netherlands and Indonesia and Madagascar. What about but, Sri Lanka? I thought Sri and Lanka. Sri Lanka. I actually think I just confused Sri Lanka with Madagascar. Sorry, Sri Lanka. Um, but we may we have some competition here. Here's here's the latest description from Courtney's podcast. Courtney discusses her sadness over Wheel of Fortune's announcement of Pat Sajak's retirement after 41 seasons. She shares the story of when a bird pooped on her head en route to the Red Sox game at Yankee Stadium. Justin discusses the foul ball in in New York that became a viral social media post. Courtney details an experience in the family section at a game and how she could not hold back with a fan. I mean, I haven't listened to that episode, but I, I am going to absolutely. That's some gold in there. Does she, uh, does she have like Boston connections? Cause she has no Indiana roots. UCLA, she is really taken to Boston. It looks like oh, she has. Yeah, they're just they're just they're just around town. They're the new, they're the new Hernandez's, Kike and Mrs. Kike. It's funny to see them at the children's hospital 
wearing masks, given that Justin Turner was oh, yes, very, good point. <laughs> very critical to uh, World Series ending stuff. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe they weren't together in 2020, and so she has um, educated him on the importance of of uh, mask wearing. Six time marathon. That's crazy. That is insane. Uh, I don't like that. Here's the, here's the thing. I don't care for that. I think when people do one marathon, then they're just like bottles open. Like maybe once you do the second one, you're like, okay, well now the top is really off. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I feel like I feel like doing one. Yeah, go for it. If you want to make it a semi regular thing because you enjoy it, sure. But I just don't understand how anyone has the time. How do you have How do you have five hour blocks on a Saturday to just go for an eighteen mile training run? I, I never, there's a lot of stuff I don't understand about other parents, but God bless them. I don't think they are parents. All right. Negative, negative 10 on the mat on that one. Negative 10. That makes you super happy. Okay. All right. How angry are you about the fact that I recently came across some random fan discussion on the internet? And you know what? Maybe I'm part of the problem here by even elevating random fan discussion. How angry are you about the fact that I saw some fans arguing that, and frankly, they're probably correct about this, that in light of the expanded playoff format, they don't want the Red Sox front office to ever try to win 100 games again. And in fact, they think it is no longer the smart thing to do for a team to try to win 100 games because it then makes it harder to maintain a level of success over a long period of time. And all you need to do these days is basically win 90 to 95 and you're in. They are toadies. No, they're not necessarily toadies, but they clearly are of the same opinion as the Red Sox front office that seems to be doing exactly what is described in there they are not wrong from a strategic standpoint like if we all accept that the mlb mlb well, they are in is a year like this one they are in a year like this one where winning what, is 90 games going to get you in i know it's expand It'll like be right on to the a one yeah. game chance It'll be right on the edge yeah right well, it's three games now yeah so i i, I kind of disagree almost entirely you want to ensure you get in (laughs) this makes me so angry so so angry as a fan and in part because it you know i ranted about this all off season that that this is this is is going to be the result of the expanded playoffs that teams are no longer going to try to put great teams together because well i mean some teams are trying well they are no i mean look it's only been one off season I think I think we'll start to see this in five or six years, I, and people are going to point to the 2023 Mets and the 2023 Padres and say, "And the Padres, who still have plenty of time to get in the playoffs, the Mets are in big trouble." But the Padres still have plenty of time to get in, and I think they probably will when all said and done. People are going to point to that team and say, "What's the point of putting together?" People are already saying it about last year's Dodgers team. What's the point of putting together a team that wins 107 games if you just get bounced out by a team you finished ahead of? Because you're better at baseball and you're playing baseball games. Yes, I mean that's that's certainly my stance. But I think this I think this is going to be the conventional wisdom. In five no, or six this years. I mean this. Look, uh, I was listening 
over the last few weeks, you know, I miss talking to you. So I had to listen to some stuff to get deep into it. So I was listening to Bill Simmons talking to his old Yankees fan friend, Jacko, who I, I used to do this 10 years ago all the time. I don't think they talk as much, but he was talking about the Yankees and they're the Spider-Man meme with the Red Sox right now. They're doing the same exact thing. It's the same exact mm-hmm. thing. I think the teams that can afford to try to win just get in are going to do that. But then the teams that are aspirational more so like say the blue Jays, right? They're going to try to win a hundred games because honestly, they know the value of actually the, the inherent value of winning something that is sort of a pub. This is a public enterprise, right? Right. But I don't know that there is anyone in Major League Baseball who looks at it that way. Because we, I mean, it's, I mean, well, they're starting to. It it took them, it took them 15 years to respond to what the developments in sabermetrics did to the state of play on the field. It took them so long to finally say, hey, these front offices are doing what they're supposed to do and they are optimizing the way teams win, but it's hurting the fan viewing experience. I mean, this is theoretically Rob Manfred's job, but Rob Manfred isn't a fan. So, so I don't think he, I think Rob Manfred looks at this development and says, this is awesome. We have figured out a way to keep fans happy without having to go all out to win. Yeah. I mean, we crack the code. Good teams lift sports higher. And the Dodgers have been a great example of how spending money begets money because they have their network and then it's just like they work hand in hand, right? I refuse to believe that there was some outside of COVID great schism with the Red Sox after 2018 that made their previous approach seem archaic in the outside of the fact that they thought we've done all that. Now we can try a little less hard and maybe we still win. And I don't like that. So yes, this makes me uh, nine mad because I don't want to let fans outdo on field performance. And Justin Turner has actually done it on the field. So yeah, I this is this is like the end point of of the way GM brain just like rots your your fan brain. And this is the logical end point of that. I don't want my team to try too hard to be good. If every team is because doing it that, might make they it. should do that. You should do the opposite. Yeah. All right, I agree. Bring okay, me Shohei. So. Bring him. Not <laughs> so you, that's not happening. Bad. All right, so we are now at minus one. So you're still a little bit happy because you're that happy about Justin Turner going on a raft. I'm just not. I'm just not dignifying the fans with that sort of representation. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, All right. How angry are you about the fact that the Boston Red Sox are currently tied with the Tampa Bay Rays for the most wins against teams with winning records with 28? And they have the fourth highest winning percentage overall against teams with winning records behind just the Rays, Braves, and Giants. I'm totally neutral. 
doesn't matter if you don't beat the other teams. Well, what I'm saying is, like, does that tell us something about this season? Perhaps does that tell us that the schedule is going to be a lot easier coming down the stretch here? Why would it be? I mean, the problem is the the problem is they play in a division that's entirely teams over 500. True. So I don't know how many, I don't know how many layups there are going to be because I know the schedule is more. Well, balanced. I still haven't, and we'll talk about. I'll, I'll talk about this next. But there's still a lot of bad teams they have not played yet. They have yes, not but they've lost the two bad teams. Yeah, they got to stop doing that. That's that what they true. have to stop doing. Yeah, that is what they have to do. Yeah, it does make true. it. It does make you hopeful in a perverse way that if they could squeeze into the like, if the Red Sox ended up winning the World Series this year, it's not out of the realm of possibility they would become like the new poster child. Right now, the poster child for fluky postseasons, it to me is the uh, Cardinals, two thousand six. You know, I disagree with that a little bit. They were 83 and 79. Yes. No, I'm well aware of how bad their record was. But that was still a team that had... Jeff Weaver was their best pitcher. <laughs> okay. But the, their, Jeff, their best Jeff, hitter... Jeff... Okay. Their best Weaver. hitter was one of the greatest hitters of all time. He was in a lineup with Jim Edmonds and Reggie Sanders and Scott Rowland. Like, that, that team... I mean, they won 100 games like a year or two before that. Or after. So, like, they were in the midst of a run of dominance and they had a fluky down year and then it came together in October. Like, I think that's a little overstated. It was an organizational victory. I'll, I'll give you that. It's like, uh, and wasn't Adam Wainwright? Yeah, Adam like, Wainwright was better. Yes. Obviously. He was, yeah. Jeff I, Weaver was, was great in the playoffs, but Adam yeah. Wainwright might have won the Cy Young that year. Yeah. He well, wanted a round that. that up. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was certainly in his prime. He was definitely in his prime. Anyhow, zero. I'm not. It doesn't matter. You got to be there. Okay. You got to be there, everybody. All right. Fair enough. Uh, how angry are you about the fact that in a recent interview, Tristan Casas claims that he does not know at all his statistics, except for what he did. He does say he knows how many home runs he has because he said it's been so few and far between that it's just impossible not to keep track. But he claims has absolutely no idea what his batting average, on base percentage, war, WRC plus, anything. Doesn't know. Is it how much I believe him or how mad am I at him? Uh, a little bit of both. I don't know. First of all, do you believe that claim? No! It's on the fucking either. screen! Yeah, there's no way I believe this that is like the This is like the, the David Ortiz, Dustin Pedroia thing where Pedroia was like... I mean, I actually just works in Cassis's favor where like somehow... Over nine years, David Ortiz didn't realize Dustin Pedroia's name was Dustin, despite the fact. <laughs> so I actually did, I didn't read that story. What? No, what, it's, a it's a video. Right. Pedroia's. Fill me in. I saw I saw the tweets, I but I didn't when actually. Pedroia see what was he said. going into the Red Sox Hall of Fame, something like that, right? Yeah. Or maybe Ortiz. I don't know. But they called him Pee Wee all the time, and then one day. There was a, a new catcher came in and was talking to Pedroia on the mound. And they're like, Dustin, what do you think? And Ortiz and takes Pedroia Ortiz aside. Is like, what? Who? He, go, he literally goes, what the fuck did he call you? <laughs> and Pedroia's yeah, like, you, my name has been up there. So I, I that's, look, yeah, that's athletes can have tunnel vision. Athletes can have tunnel vision, but when it's your own stat, I don't believe it. 
No, I don't believe it for one second. This is like, I mean, I don't believe you when you tell me you don't read the comments under the article as you post. Why not? Why not? I'm too old for that shit. That's the equivalent. That's our equivalent of our slash line. No, it's not because it's not if I just don't have to, if I don't scroll down, it's not in front of my face. Yeah, fair. All right. I suppose so. Uh, David Ortiz is full of shit, too. But I'm I also sorry. don't There's write no anything. So what, what would I read yeah. the comments on? That, that, that does help. That does help things. I think you and I both had a rough couple weeks in terms of uh, lifestyle. In terms of, out, yeah, for yeah. sure. All right. So what's your number there? Oh, uh, well, I don't believe him. So let's go seven. Seven. So you're angry about him lying I don't to want us. him to feel like he has to lie to us. Yeah, you I don't, agree. Don't that's, make that's yourself a into a character. Just be one if you are one, and don't be one if you're not. That's a good point. Yeah. Don't lie to us, Tristan. We know you know. Um, all right. Last one. How angry are you about the fact that this is what the Red Sox schedule is leading up to the trade deadline? We got one more game against the Texas Rangers tonight, against the very, very good division-leading Texas Who's Rangers. Who's pitching for the Rangers tonight, Dan? Oh, nasty Nate. Love you, dude. This is one of those where I'm fine with it. Like I get the Nate thing. I feel bad because a lot of my best friends on Red Sox Twitter are like huge Nate Evaldi fans to say the least. Uh, But I just wish him the best. Maybe even against the Red Sox. I mean, I can't even, as with J.D. Martinez, I, I, I went on record on over the monster last year saying they should not go after they should not attempt to resign Nate Eovaldi. So I can't, I can't get too mad again. It really looked like to me, I mean, this guy is still a guy that breaks down constantly and he, he will break down again before his Rangers contract is up for sure. His velocity numbers really scared me last year. I, I thought it was totally fine to move on from him. I also thought they were going to be active in the off season pitching market and not just settle for Corey fucking Kluber. Um, so if, if you had, if, if I had known that it was Evaldi or Kluber, I would have said, okay, let's resign the dude. Um, but that's another one, both JD and, and Evaldi. I can't get too mad at him for yeah. either one of those. All right. So, yeah. All right. So the schedule is one against the Rangers tonight. The rest of the game, six against the Oakland athletics, three against the Chicago Cubs, three against the New York Mets. That is 12 games against teams below 500 and then just two games against the Atlanta Braves, three games against the San Francisco Giants. That is a very, very good schedule. I'm still afraid. I'm still afraid of the Mets. Sue me. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with that. They, they, they They have good players. They have good baseball players. So that's not great. And look, one needs no look, no further than that Rays A's series where, the A's swept the Rays, culminating with their, uh, mm-hmm. what was it, walk-in game? Uh, the reverse walkout. Yeah. The reverse walkout, right. Yeah. So, look, the, how, this, is, how, this is what how, I'm saying. They need, to, they need to win these games. All right. It, well, it, I'm zero. Do I don't care. I don't care. You don't Just care. beat who you're playing. What do you think, what do you think High and Bloom's number about this is? Because do you suspect, as I do, that he probably wants to sell? And if they win uh, 10 of their next 17 and put themselves back in the hunt, it's going to be hard for him to do that. 
don't think he wants to sell. I don't think he cares. I just think he wants deals. He wants steals, not yeah, stolen bases. He wants steals. And I think he looks at especially the trade deadline, less so the offseason. He definitely looks at the offseason that way, but there are moves like uh, – you know what a Zugzwang is? Nope. In chess, a Zugzwang is when – you have to make it's your turn, you have to make a move, but every move you could make is bad. So it's like pick your poison. And I feel like with building the roster, something like Trevor Story was like, fine, I gotta sign a player. Uh. But that was he thought it was like maybe it's a steal, maybe it's not. I don't care. But especially at the trade deadline, I think he's just like, just just give me. I don't think he cares. See, like he's not, he hasn't been a big seller. I mean, he's been a little seller. He has not been a big seller. He has not been a big seller. But what I think you might be underestimating is the fact that James Paxton legitimately could be the single best pitcher on the market this year. And so the, the Sox are in an opportunity to at least get another top 100 prospect out of James Paxton you know, if not a package of a couple of guys who could turn into top 100s. And I don't see High and Bloom passing up that opportunity, which isn't really something he's had since he's been here. It's We all know starting pitchers are, are what sells at the trading deadline. That's what gets you value. Starting pitchers or super elite relievers in some cases. And, I mean, he has been Pitcher so good. I just is his contract expiring? It is. And he's yeah. a free agent in the offseason. Okay. And you look at, I mean, I mean, last year the, the Reds got Spencer Steer, who I believe just made the all-star game, or is maybe in talks to be um an injury replacement. They got Spencer Steer by trading uh Tyler Malley at the deadline last year. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would never – that is like – hitting like that is like winning $10,000 at the lottery. You don't go back the next day and be like, shit, this is going to work. But, I mean, in theory, obviously trading Paxton makes a ton of sense. If someone blows them away, sure. But as you said, a lot of – I don't know. I think they have to do it. I, I don't I don't think this season has any chance of turning into anything special. And they're not gonna be in a position to like what it, what I mean, other they should sin- do it now. They should oh, trade totally him agree. now. Yes. Because he could get hurt next start very easily. And uh, and once you get and they'll, up get, against- and they'll get more value. Yeah, that's Probably. the point. That's the point. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I just don't I don't see any scenario really over the next three years if you think about it where they have an opportunity to trade for a top 100 prospect because like who who else who else would they be trading that would net them that maybe verdugo if they don't sign him to an extension and if he keeps it up but you know you have even less of a reason to, to trade an everyday player a young everyday player who could conceivably be a part of this core for the next five years than you do an aging free agent starter you know, who else would they possibly trade? 
to net them this return. Sale doesn't have any value. You're not trading. You're not trading any of the young guys, right? We know that. Well, yeah. You're I mean, Durant has taken himself out of that conversation, and that would have been yep. he would have totally. been like not a top hundred because no, that would just be a little replacing like for like. I mean, I mean, he maybe could be now. You you could get that for him now, but now you're not going to trade him. Well, the so irony, yeah, like, like he, this is it. This is yeah. Bloom's chance. This is Bloom's chance to to trade for an elite prospect, and he loves trading for prospects. He has not been able to trade for an elite prospect. He, he's only able to trade for the David Hamiltons and and the Willier Abreu's of the world. He's been trading for a lot of really of teams like ten through fifteen best prospects, and they've come to the Red Sox, and they've usually fallen worse than that in many cases. You know, I talk about like Alex Benellis and things like that. This is I, I can't see knowing what we know about him and seeing how we've operated. I cannot possibly see him passing up this opportunity. I mean, I agree. It makes sense, like the way you put it. Uh, so I hope you're right because it would be awesome to get. I'm looking on. I'm looking on the top hundred list, seeing who I'm seeing who I would like to select off the. Yeah, I mean, it's probably because we're talking about a guy who's a free agent and who's older and who's injury prone. I don't think we're talking about top 50. I think we're looking at the back half of the list. Twins twins are in first, right? They are. What about Emmanuel Rodriguez? Well, the the thing with the Twins is the Twins pitching is actually pretty solid. Like, you know, we I mean, Joe Ryan completely destroyed the Red Sox a week and a half ago. Um, That's true. And they and they already tra- and they traded Luis Arias for for Pablo Lopez in the offseason. He's been great too. The problem is the Twins can't hit for shit, you know. So that I don't think they're gonna want to give up much for James Paxton. Although if you put Paxton, that's a that's a really strong postseason top three. Those three guys for the Twins. That's what I'm saying. Like you for that reason. Like pitching, you don't uh, like maybe you can't have enough of it. What about Ronnie Mauricio? I mean, tell me about Ronnie Mauricio. He's a he's a Mets shortstop who's been like a prospect forever, but he's he was international, so he's really young. Anyhow, forget it. Like the Mets would be a good partner in this, frankly. Uh, Why would the Mets trade for James Paxton? I don't think they're. I don't think they're giving up. You, you don't think that? I mean, no. They if if they go on a run before july 31st then yes i agree with you that they would be likely to say we're still in this and we'll show you um so i guess the question is how likely do you think going for a run is uh yeah it's i mean maybe wow. not. i didn't ronnie realize mauricio a, i didn't realize the record was as bad as it is i, I didn't realize oh, that ronnie yeah. mauricio is a three oh. slashing 300 348 oh. 505 with 12 bombs okay, so in triple a this year you know you know what the the destiny here here's the destiny phillies baby <laughs> the phil of, blue. of course oh my God. of course oh that has to happen damn it that has this guy oh. justin crawford who's 87th on mlb's list perfect wow. do it wow that oh the universe does need to give us that doesn't it the, oh my god the content the content it's perfect it's also perfect all right let's take a look at justin crawford here center fielder six one one seventy five all right how, how old are we looking at here 19 19 years old and he is in a ball 
Guys, we're just solving the world's problems over here. He is an A ball and he is doing very well. That's in what I'm A-ball. saying. There we go. He That's the one. To, yeah, they need to bump him up that 35 stolen bases. See? Caught ceiling times just just caught ceiling just four times. That's pretty good. Uh, he has no power at all. Eh. He's one home run. Eh. So eh. he'll he'll just get the Duran doubles. That's what he'll do. Yeah. Uh is it looks like yeah, 378 on base off a of 322 batting average. That's that's not a bad approach. Uh, are we going to talk about the A's? Is that who they play? Uh, they do play the A's this weekend. Do you know something about the A's for us to talk about? No, I just let's predict a sweep and move on. I don't think. Well, I don't think they're going to sweep. Oh, what, what about what about this iteration of the Red Sox team tells you that they're going to sweep the A's? That's a very good point. If all anything, right, let's go the other lose, way. One and two. I, I think they're going to lose two out of three. Yeah, let's I do it. it. Let's do it. I, I, I agree. I, mean, I like that. The pitching staff is in shambles right now. I like that take. Um, you know, they, they've already – they did one bullpen game already this week. They're probably going to have to do another one this weekend. That's yeah, the only thing with Paxton because, like, they need people to throw the ball. They need people to throw the ball, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get into recommendations because it gets into my new segment. Okay. So you want to start with recommendations and then spring the new segment on me? I'm going to do it the other way. Okay. New segment is a thousand laps of summer. I'm going to swim a thousand laps this summer. Really? The segment is how many laps have I done so far this summer? I want to <laughs> hold myself to it by doing it on the pod. Okay. So this is just pool laps? 25 yards. Okay. So if you want to get branding and say and it's Olympic like lap, lap that's 50 meters, 50 yards, you mm-hmm. could say 500 laps of summer and then you have a nice little dovetail with that movie title. Right. Yep, that is cute. Doesn't matter. Now when you go to the beach, are you going to like just guess at 25 yards and then add that no, to your No, I'm program? talking about in the pool right here. Oh, okay. You have a pool. Oh, you oh, it's a uh, community pool. Gotcha. That's pretty But nice. here's the thing. I'm like the, I, I've been the first person in, in four out of the last five days and often the first person out. I'm like in out. Yeah. So it takes about a minute to do a lap and I'm building it up. So far I've done 220. Mm -hmm. I did 20 to, I did 40 yesterday, which is a thousand yards. I keep saying yards because on my watch, it says yards, centimeters, but you know, same shit. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to, be a better swimmer because well, it is the like the that's best why i didn't there. grow up swimming like even though i grew up on the island i just was never comfortable and then later in life i'm like well this is good also it's like yes it does not hurt your joints it's so did you did you have to like do something to teach yourself to actually have proper swimming form or are you no, just going I mean, in there the, flailing around that and you just figure it out yeah. i mean i'm sure if I had a swimming coach. They would have things to tell me, but uh, I, you know, I, you can feel what works and what doesn't work. And very pointedly, I've gone every day, the last few last eight days, except for Saturday. Cause that's hard for me to do on Saturdays. And I've alternated like long days, like going for length and then going for speed. But the first few days, just getting my breath. And like, just not, but you see the, the, the growth very 
quickly and uh if you're doing it methodically like i am it's very plain as day like the oh my breathing is getting much better oh i my form is getting better because i'm getting stronger because i'm uh going longer and i'm alternating like going fast and going for just you know it's uh so but my recommendation is swimming that's it yeah that is a good recommendation. Um, I don't have access to a pool. I do have a lake in the neighborhood that that people swim at all year round because some people are insane. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that you would know, be a I big don't... conquering my fear things for me. I don't even like to swim in the ocean. What? Uh, Again, the guy that grew up on Martha's Vineyard. Well, here's the thing. I didn't. I wasn't the kind of guy who had a boat. Like mm. we didn't own a boat. My uh, my mom's boyfriend for a while did have a lobster. Did we did go get lobster pots with him and, and pull them up and bait them and put them back? Your mom dated a lobsterman. He was a guy who had lobster pots. He was a firefighter. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, that's, that's even cooler. A firefighter slash lobsterman. Right. So, but yeah, my recommendation is swimming. I, I always, I'm I'm holding myself. The thousand was meant to be utterly attainable, not like some. I'm gonna well, run. If, a if you're already at 220, you're gonna hit it easily. It's, it's well, but I've July. been very disciplined at the beginning. So, it's but deep, even deep. if you don't, I mean, it, if you keep up your pace, you'll be done in like two weeks. <laughs> uh, so even if you're not that disciplined, you'll be able to get this done by the end of the summer. Yeah, this is an easy one. I think you should make it like ten thousand. Well, I was gonna do 2023. And if a thousand Ooh, is that okay, attainable, do that. Yes, then do I'll that. no, 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 no. That, but my point was, just do the thousand, and yeah, then okay. figure out what fair you want to do. Yeah, all right, fair enough. You might get bored of it and want to do something else. That's it is already a little boring, but that's why, like, yeah. All right, my recommendation uh, could fit in with yours. Um, I recommend very much going to the Finger Lakes region of upstate Western New York. I think it is an incredibly underrated vacation destination for people on the East Coast. It's just the lakes are huge. The lake that we were on is like 30 miles south to north. Um, they're not that wide. They look like fingers. That's the name. So it's only like two miles across at its widest point. Um, but it's lakes and it's it's lakes and wineries, kind of shitty sugary wine, but still wineries are always cool. And farmland. And it's just really, it's it's legitimately rustic. It's not, you know, I feel like you New Hampshire meth. lakes. You forgot meth. <laughs> you know what? Nobody offered me meth while I was there. Mm. I'm sure it's there. But you want to talk about like the drug problem on Cape Cod? Like, you know, we're going to, that's, it's, it's, it's around. Um, so if you're looking for a low, and this is the thing, it's like low key and off the radar. Because it really is, it's just farmland and lakes and a couple, and some really cute villages. But it's cheap. It was super easy to find an Airbnb, a really nice Airbnb. And so like you're thinking if you don't have a summer vacation planned yet, you're thinking about the New Hampshire lakes, you're thinking about the Berkshires, the Cape, consider the Finger Lakes. It's a, it's a longer drive for sure. Five hour drive from Boston. You know, that's not super close compared to some of those other spots, but uh, it's it was our second time up there. We went with uh, my in-laws and just, it, we had, it was a great time, great week out there. So that's my recommendation. And you can get your laps in. All right, I have two competing thoughts to that. One, it's not salt water, so please go fuck yourself. But wait, wait for the second one. 
I don't, two, well, I don't disagree with that. Two, I missed the vineyard planning window. So I have my kids for a vacation in August and I'll probably go to the finger. Lakes. There you go. It's even so, closer yes, for you. I could, I could keep these two ideas in my mind and yes, the swimming would be uh, uh, nice. The, the other part about all this is my daughter goes to camp at the, pool and it starts right when the pool opens so when i drop her off it's i'm just like i drop her off and i get in the pool so nice. it works perfectly yeah okay. but uh noted and it's not five hour drive for me so that's no that's nice no wait it's probably it's still probably at least three hours but it's uh, not a short one yeah but it's not it's not too bad so yes highly recommend it pretty affordable pretty beautiful and like i said it's it's really off the beaten path so. We got anything else? I do not. It's funny that we haven't talked in three weeks and now this at an hour and 15 minutes will be one of our, <laughs> one of our shortest podcasts. pods. I know. Well, um, I did. I, I, I do have, I actually, on my notes here, I, I have a, I have a document that I keep open, just a pod ideas um, thing. And, and, and I just, as I'm watching the socks, I, I will just, write random things down to remember to discuss this on the pod but since we haven't talked in three weeks and since we weren't necessarily planning on missing the pods in those weeks i have things down like i i just have written down here david hamilton stand up steel i remember when it happened but i don't like what game was it i don't know the red sox win i don't know it was like two are weeks you, ago are you with 30 so like, rock what, what am i gonna say you with 30 uh, rock i i've seen it here and there but that I've seen probably fewer than 25% of the episodes. Yeah. One with time, Liz Lemon just finds something written down, a card she wrote, and it just says bird internet. And she's like, <laughs> I believe, I believe that's Twitter. If, yes. I, if I know my internet. So I have that written down. I have Jaron Duran pinch hit while sitting on three doubles written down. I have Joe Castiglione. Oh, well, that one, that one was commercial. understandable, though. That was like the switch to refs. That was like the power. Yeah. It Again, made sense. Yeah. yeah. Also, well, those doubles all went like a combined total of like 200 feet. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally true. I have James Paxton pitching where an eagle landed on him <laughs> written down. You want to discuss that? Oh, I remember that was him, huh? <laughs> that was him. Yeah. But I don't, where was that? I guess that must have been Seattle. Where, was where Seattle, but, right? But but, but but the Sox didn't pitch there recently. I haven't. I have it written oh, down. He was he on Seattle, and maybe it happened. He was on San Seattle. Diego. San Diego? No, because it would have been somewhere the Sox played within the last three weeks. No, where he got the th- oh, good point. That that's my yeah. It would have been somewhere because that's why I wrote it down. Uh, uh, so we can discuss internet. that. We can discuss Joe Castiglione having a kind of funny commercial. Yeah, he's he's chopping it up, Joey. He is. Uh, and then I have a bunch of stuff about I I have some numbers and stats and an actual look into how injured the Red Sox truly are but we could save that for next week well we're going to yeah all right all right next week folks we'll have a we'll have programming planned until then (laughs) enjoy the march to 500 and back Dan have a good one take care dude